Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041. Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium 32.3 and on 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111 on this I was going to say miserable. I don't know if miserable is the right word. Mind-numbing, head-spinning. Thursday morning of footnotes. I I got to tell you, I don't, I don't know how anybody does four days of SEC media day. I mean, look. <clears throat> Probably a lot of it had to do with the Astros just got their Faces crushed by a last place team again. Just embarrassed. Just their faces crushed. I know it's baseball, but man, come on. Got a third baseman that can't hit. He's a leadoff hitter with no speed. That's what Alex Bregman is. He's essentially the slowest leadoff hitter in in baseball history. He knows how to walk. He can get on base. Can't run when he gets on base. Got a first baseman who apparently is having a medicine season. Like, this guy's been hitting the ball for 15, 16 years in, in Cuba and in the United States. And all of a sudden, he, he, can't, he can't hit. Can't hit. Can't drive in a run. They don't know what to do with him. It's just pitiful. Pitiful. The Oakland A's, it's a good thing. I mean, can you imagine? It's a good thing the Royals... And the Oakland A's aren't going to be in the postseason. Astros can't beat them. Can't beat those teams. And the Yankees are smart. They say, well, we, we have a little trouble with the Astros. Oh, I know what to do. Let's go get a Kansas City Royal because the Astros can't get them out. Like if I was them, I'd trade for another Kansas City Royal. Like... You know, you need a little utility player. I'd get rid of the whatever little utility player they have now and get like Nicky Lopez or something and just have him show up with a Kansas City Royal jersey on. The Astros can't get him out. Unbelievable. And look, I love the Astros starting pitching for the most part. I love everything the way that Luis Garcia has pitched and but 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 I, I just like I, I I just don't know if they can win the World Series with that guy. So I'm okay with trading him. I don't think they will, but I'm okay with trading him. Like I'm so over the top sick of being at a hundred pitches. I mean, lately out of the blue, he just well I think I'll just throw eight straight balls. I think that's what I'll do. I think I'll just out of the blue. I think I'm going to throw eight straight balls and just start walking people. Pablo. And then they got to play the Mariners again. They just swept those people. 
they're not going to sweep them again. This this could get really ugly. Now, again, the silver lining in all of this could be that if there was any doubts with the GM click, whether they should make a move or not, maybe this will help. Maybe if they lose five out of seven or six out of seven, after this weekend series, it might help. They might say, "Man, we really do need to make a move." But I mean, they don't—they don't they, they, they haven't consistently scored runs all season. And of course, the the other burning question as the deadline nears and the Yankees have made moves and the moves are about to start happening. The other burning question is: Is Michael Brantley going to play again this season? And if he does, is he going to be Michael Brantley? The only good thing about this is when they when he when he leaves after this offseason, it won't it won't feel like it hurts so much if he don't play the whole second half. So they got issues. Got to pick up at least two bats, and I really and, and I think a pitcher. I would love to have Castillo, but I don't know when it's going to happen. McCullers, hopefully when he comes back, he's McCullers. If he can pitch like he did last year, that would give him some stability. So I, I think they need to pick up another arm and two bats, especially if Brantley's not out. I mean, never comes back. Look, I like Alidmus Diaz. I like what he's done for this franchise. But he he's not an everyday player. That cat has to play every day, basically. He's not an everyday player. You don't want that guy playing every day. You don't want McCormick having to play as much as he does. And Jake Myers, I mean, I just they just cannot go into the postseason with Jake Myers as their starting center field. They just can't do it. I mean, I know they did it last year. But I just, I don't think that's a good plan. So we'll see. Troubling. All right, so uh, we're going to be talking to Koki in the next segment. After that, phone lines will be open. We can, you know, give any impressions you got from Sunbelt Conference Media days, I'll, I'll be giving some of that. NFL training camp, Saints training camp started yesterday. We just briefly mentioned the Malcolm Brown acquisition. Yesterday, we've been primarily talking some about football over the last two days. It was probably a good thing that I was so preoccupied with Sunbelt Conference football media day over the last two or three days. You know, I, I wasn't able to have a meltdown over, I'm just, you know, again, losing games is part of baseball. But I just, I, I just hate this idea that all of a sudden you can't get the Royals out. All of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, they couldn't get the Royals out last year either. But all of a sudden, like the Oakland A's, you just, you just can't beat them. Like, you know, you've lost six out of nine to the Oakland A's. I don't know. For some reason, it's just really getting on my nerves. All right, let's go 
to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning, sir. Could be worse. I mean, you could be getting your face crushed in by the Toronto Bluebirds. Well, the Astros, you know, yeah, they played them a long time ago, and they 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 lost four out of six. That that I mean, I hadn't had a chance to call in all week, but I mean, T ball. I've seen T ballers play better than what, what my Red Sox. Well, did. the Astros the, are about to the, play the Red Sox. I mean, I hope the Astro. I hope the Red Sox are still playing like a Triple A team because. Or maybe that's even worse because the Astros can't beat Triple A team. The A's are a Triple A team. Astros can't beat them. Can't beat them. And the Yankees can't beat a, a contender. So how are they going to win the World Series if they can't beat a contender? I mean, they're getting their faces crushed by by the by the Astros, by the Mets. I mean, that's all playoff teams. How are you going to win a World? Like I told Paul, how are you going to win a World Series if you can't beat a playoff team? You know, I mean, they beat all these garbage teams. That's why they had sixty wins. The the first half they played the the cookie the cookies uh about twenty times uh the first half and now they are playing some good teams they can't win for nothing. Well, they they are definitely much better than the than the Astros at beating bad teams. I mean, they just they're just much better. Astros, I don't know. It's like man, you got You got to be better than that. That's pitiful. Uh, I never could understand that about the Astros. They beat up the good teams, but when it comes to the last place teams, they they struggle. I don't understand that, but uh, but yeah, that's all I wanted. I mean, I, I and I also I, I I'm back with Jules. Uh, we need to get rid of uh Alex Cora. That dude cannot manage a baseball team to say. And then every time that that uh my my Red Sox committed an error, overran a a pop fly that you taught in T-ball to catch, and then if you overrun it, you go get the ball that you that you uh misplayed. You don't just stand there and look. Like a chicken with your head cut off and wait for your fielder to come and field the ball. I mean, come on, dude. Then you, we got pitchers overrunning the base. I mean, that, that, uh, there needs to be some discipline, and Cora don't discipline his team. He needs to go. He's done. I'm done uh, I mean, I'm, again, I'm, I'm y'all, y'all follow the Red Sox way more than I do, obviously, but I'm just telling you, there isn't a manager in Major League Baseball that can withstand losing four of his five starting pitchers. It just – you can't you can't overcome that. Well, I mean, but our fielders ain't much better. I mean, we uh, we we can have all the pitching you want, but if our fielders can't field a, uh, a infield fly or a or a or a pop up, I mean, then what good is our pitching? Well, you, you there's know? no question when the ball's hit up in the air and it stays up there five or six seconds, you should catch it. Yes. In in the famous words of a famous uh. Uh, radio broadcaster. Catch the ball, cat. <laughs> yes, exactly. I agree. <laughs> All right. Thanks, that guy's smart. Thanks for taking my call. All buddy. right. Take care. No, I agree. I mean, catch, they hit it to you, catch it. I mean, it's really it's really not that complicated. It's the major leagues. They hit it to you, catch it. I mean, that's, that's just the way it's got to be. Astros will not get to play this series against uh, the Mariners with Julio Rodriguez on home run derby aftermath. Uh he had a he's hit has he had a home run in every game since he's been back? Pretty close. Yeah, I think so but just about. I think he's hit a home run in every game since including a game winning three run homer last night. This yep. cat is good. Like, oh, he's only, really he's only good. played twice. He didn't play the first game against the Rangers. He only played oh, okay. the second and third game. So yeah, every game since he's been back. He's hit a home run. He hit a home run the first 
time at bat, <laughs> beginning at the top of the inning at the first. I like him right now because the Astros have always owned the Mariners and he's on my fantasy team. But I think if he stays with the Mariners for a long time, which I'm sure he will, uh, it's going to be real soon. I'm not going to like him anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Um, I think um, it's it, how come all the generational talents are always in my division? I don't understand that. Because we just want you to, like, struggle yeah. and challenge you. It's fine. Oh, the, the generational talent's always in my division. Sickening. I had to live with Pujols for, like, 20 years. Hate that guy. <laughs> right now, I don't hate Julio Rodriguez yet, but I've, I'm afraid in about two more years I'm going to hate that cat. Is he good? Oh, man. Yeah, right. And when they hit him the ball, guess what he does? He catches it. He does catch yeah. it. He's a really good catcher. Oh yeah, if they if they hit him the ball they catch it, he figures, you know, he figures, you know, I'm young, but I'm in the major leagues. If they hit me the ball, I, I catch right. it. That's that's what that's, you're supposed that's to what do. That's supposed to happen, yeah. Yeah. That's the way that works. <laughs> I'm in the major leagues. You hit me the ball, I catch it. That don't happen all the time. <sighs> I, I don't know. It's it, I, I this weekend is gonna is it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be a great time, but yeah, we're gonna have I'm, fun. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit. Probably need to catch up a day late with our friend Koki Riley, the USA Today Network, and um, as we try to get through this mind-numbing, head-spinning Thursday edition. Of footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Kevin Foote, an award winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with, with the, the host bounty gate silliness. His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise. A normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. This out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this bounty gate silliness. Dr. Foot is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Before we get to our special guest, I want to remind you about the game um, text club, the brand new game text club. You could win an Apple Watch. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, would like to help you win an Apple Watch. To be eligible, all you have to do is text GAME, G-A-M-E, to 283-8100. Text GAME to 283-8100. In addition to being eligible to win an Apple Watch, you are also eligible for all kinds of other prizes, including Astro tickets. So, 
The Game Text Club. Find out more by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right, a day later than normal because of Sunbelt Conference Football Media Days. Uh, we have with us our friend Koki Riley. How are you, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me on again, Kevin. Well, I got to tell you, after doing two days of Sunbelt Conference Football Media Days, I don't know how some of these cats do four days of SEC Football Media. <laughs> it's, it really is. Maybe it's just because I'm old, but it's just mind-numbing, you know, to talk to coach after coach after coach after coach. 14 in two days, it's just like, oh, man, I don't know. Anyway, I guess we learned a lot, and we certainly set the stage for it. So kind of that's what I want to talk about today. When you go about predicting, like I'm, I'm, lis- I'm listening – to all these coaches, and I mentioned it yesterday on the air, it's like they're all, every once in a while you'll get one of these, you know, coaches who like to pour mouth. But in today's era, everything's about being, you know, you're trying to sell yourself. You know, you're trying to sell yourself to recruits and everybody's watching everything you say. because So you don't get that, oh, oh, poor mouth, oh, woe is me, we're terrible kind of thing. You don't get that a whole lot at media days. So everyone is kind of throwing out a bunch of – so how do you go about deciding, as you listen to all this, what to believe and what not to believe? Well, that's an interesting question. So essentially you're asking how, how do coaches – like what, what to believe what coaches say when it comes right. to – Right. I mean, in other words, how, and- how, what does your filter look like? I mean, is it because of – like, if it's a winning coach, you believe him. If it's a typically losing coach, then you don't believe him. Or, or, like, how do you filter through everything that's being thrown at? How do you go about doing that and decide, okay, well, I believe that, but that over there, I don't believe that? That's a good question. Um, I th- Again, I think a lot of it depends on who the coach is. A lot of it depends on what their, simply what their roster looks like. Um, I'm a pretty nuts and bolts guy, so I don't – I'm not someone who loves to sort of dive into, I won't say the coach BS, but uh, some of the uh, the way a coach hypes up their team. Um, I, I like I, when I come when it comes to making predictions and trying to forecast like what a team could do in really in sports in general. I, I like to look at you know not just coach track record, which is part of it, um, but also. You know, how healthy this roster is, how talented this roster is, what's the ceiling here, what's the floor here. Um, you look at last year's results, you look at who's returning. I mean, college sports, that, I think that matters a little bit more. Um, who isn't? Uh, I, I think a lot of it just sort of depends on some of your philosophies as to, like, what constitutes as winning football um, and how does that roster uh, fit into that, into that mold. I mean, there's a ton of factors, but... For me, I, I think what a coach thinks about his team is is towards the bottom of that, uh, towards the bottom of that list, uh, just because, sort of what you said. I mean, at, at media days, a coach is always going to have a, a slightly rosier outlook on their team than um, what is uh, sometimes, if not usually, the reality. So uh, that's a really interesting question. But I, I think we could sort of, I, I, I'd like to see how what your philosophy is. Well, I, I think it's it's starting to change a little bit. And for one of the things I've noticed is the first thing that I'm, I find myself doing, which I've never done before, is, all right, did they pick up a quarterback in the transfer portal? 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like it, it, I know the big difference between the Sun Belt and the SEC, but uh, you know, just in Sun Belt circles, we've already getting to the point where. Like the Arkansas State quarterback went to Texas State, and the Texas State quarterback went to become a backup for one year and theoretically take over at App State. And uh, this wide receiver went from uh, this school to that school within the same conference. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's getting pretty interesting with, you know, I know it's not just the transfer portal. It's like I get going from UL, you know, to Florida or whatever, maybe if you want to do that. But now they're just, they're starting to transfer. From one Sun Belt school to another. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. It, yeah. Um, I mean, college sports has gone from to- almost total stasis to basically something like the NBA or even the Premier League, where players are just jumping from team to team willy nilly, and it's your responsibility to keep up with it and see how that sort of evolves the situation of each of these teams. And, I think it's really interesting um, because we don't really know how to totally calibrate it to it or react to it. We're sort of living and we're sort of like living through this adjustment in real time. And there's like little to no precedent with it in the college level. So right, okay. It, so let let let's get to an example here. South Carolina got a new quarterback in the transfer portal. Do you buy them? Yeah. Do I buy them? Um, yeah, South Carolina is really interesting. I, there's a lot of. Uh, Positive. They're one of these teams where there's a lot of positive energy around them, but I don't know if there's a terrible amount of evidence to suggest that this team could like really contend for the second or third spot in the SEC East. I know it's not as strong as the SEC. I know it's not as strong as the SEC West, but I don't know. A lot of it depends on your opinion of Spencer Rattler. To be totally honest with you, can he be the guy he was two years ago, or or heck, even improve from that and I'm a little bit skeptical of that because I think the defenses in the in the SEC, you could argue, are are have even more talent. Um, I, there's a lot of new coming into that offense that you have to consider. Their defense isn't quite as talented as their offense, I think, at least. And I don't know. I, I was really concerned from what I saw from Rattler last season. I, I just think with that with that many offensive pieces and with that kind of genius at head coach, you lose that starting job and are just really just kind of okay. Um, in, a, in a weaker conference, I, I can't see how he's going to be much better with a with a with a lesser offensive mind and and I guess in slightly lesser pieces on offense. I, I just don't see how that's going to be an improvement when he had, you know, he when he was basically driving a Ferrari of an offense last season in Oklahoma. So talent wise and scheme wise, so I, I just don't really see it. So, so 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 in the case of South Carolina, it's kind of a two headed thing. You know, you have. It, we're in a gambling world now, and and, and and so, you know, I think the over-under is somewhere around six for them, and so there's the, do you think they can do better than their Las Vegas over and under, or to me it's more, okay, can they finish in the top three of the SECs? Is it, how do you follow Yeah, that's two? sort of what I'm feeling, because, I mean, some of that over-under stuff, that, that depends on non-conference schedule. And from my from last time I checked, at least I think South Carolina actually had a fairly difficult um, uh, non-conference schedule and schedule overall. To be, to be totally frank with you, um, I placed them in fifth in the SEC East. I, I don't think they're better than Florida. Florida's question marks, but I, I just think their depth of pool, their depth of talent is still deeper, despite some of the uh, slightly lesser 
recruiting years for them. Um, I think they're much better than Missouri and Vanderbilt for sure. Like, and, I, and, I, and there is a world where I could see them finishing in third place, but I don't know. I just feel like Tennessee and Florida, and especially Kentucky and Georgia, are just better than they are. Okay, so so you just hit on uh, my next one. My next one was Kentucky. They're over under somewhere around eight. And do are you ready to say that they're going to finish second in the SEC East? Honestly, I'm pretty confident they're going to finish second in the SEC East. I really like the depth of talent on this team. I think defensively they're strong. I think offensively they have a quarterback who's going to be probably a top ten pick this year. Who's not just going to be a top ten pick, but is also returning returning on this team. And there, there aren't a ton of returning starting quarterbacks in the SEC, and they have one, and they have a very good one, Will Levis. Um, I'm just very confident in what what, they're, what this program is building to. I like their recruiting classes over the last few years. Um, they lost a little bit in terms of their weaponry on offense, but I think they'll, they'll have that back. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what the status for Chris Rodriguez is this season, but I think running back is a slightly overvalued position in college sports these days. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like the, I, I, I just – I just, I'm just really confident in when this, what the scene's going to look like next season. And, and their non-conference schedule, Miami of Ohio, Youngstown State, Northern Illinois, and Louisville, I'll give them a decent chance of going 4-0 in that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and that's before we even get to the, the SEC East, which is just going to be a little easier uh, than the SEC West for sure. And I just think they're more well-rounded than Tennessee. I, I, I'm more confident in their their coaching continuity than than seem like South Carolina or even Florida. Um, and I think they can challenge Georgia. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia. I think Georgia's going to win the East. But I, I just feel like they're a really, really good team. And uh, you could make the case that they're the third-best team in the SEC. They're, you could make the case. Um, it's close, but I definitely think they're in the conversation. Okay, are you buying Mississippi State? Personally, I am. I am buying Mississippi State. Um, the problem is with Mississippi State is that they have the toughest conference in the SEC after doing some research on the subject. Their their schedule is a mammoth, um, and it's hard to sort of pry around that. But they have a lot of experience returning, which I like. Um, Will Rogers had a very good season last year, and he's returning, and I like that, especially in an offense in a Mike Leach offense where you need to have a lot of pieces that know how to play with each other because it's very instinctual, right? Um, and because of that, and you have the right quarterback who knows that system, who has the veteran pieces in place, not just on offense, but also on defense. I, I kind of like, like this roster a lot. I think they can make more noise than what people, than what people are giving them credit for because a lot of people have them um, in the bottom two of the SEC West heading into the season, and I don't. But um, I can see why that that is the case because their schedule is so tough. Well, I mean, they got to play Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, A and M, exactly. All of those teams. Yeah, no, their schedule is a mammoth. Um, but I, I don't know. But their rosters, their rosters, quite good. It's it, I, I, it's less retooled than say an Ole Miss, where I think Ole Miss is. Ole Miss is kind of in a position of less strength than I think people are giving them credit for, personally. And, and you don't buy that their head coach can make a quarterback look good just because of his scheme. Um, it, it, are we talking about Ole Miss? Ole Miss, yes, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, Lane Kiffin. Um, I, I, I guess that's, I guess that's a decent. There's, there's, there's a decent case for that, but I mean. 
Ole Miss, I won't say they hit their ceiling last season, but 10 wins with a veteran quarterback who um, won't say was a total Heisman candidate, but was about as good of a quarterback as you get for a program like Ole Miss. And you have about as good of a head coach, at least schematically, as you can get at Ole Miss and them to win 10 games. And now they're going to, what, bring in a whole bunch of transfers at key spots, including quarterback. We're just going to expect that they're going to be really good again. I don't know. I, I just feel like there's going to be some growing pains there. Um, I like Lane Kiffin. I think he's a, I, I think he's kind of matured as a coach, but I, I, I don't. I'm not. I don't. I just don't totally buy their quarterback situation. I, I, I just think Jackson Dart was not a, has not been as good as we've given him credit for so far. He's very talented, but he was pretty shaky at USC, and it's not like the Pac-12 is some great conference. So. Um, I have some questions. I actually have some more questions about Ole Miss than, than others do. You got to admit, though, that's a great name for a quarterback, Jackson Dart. I mean, I, yeah, that, that he is throws darts. Oh, no, that is that is a great name for a quarterback. All right, one more school that uh, you know, I think if you were going to list the most interesting case scenarios to to follow a season, um, this would be in the top five, if not the top ten in the country. Auburn. What, what do you think is going to? Are you buying that? He can kind of resurrect his his reputation and his you know in, in Auburn and and the faith of the Auburn fans there. I I just don't see how this this Brian Harson story is going to turn out to be a good one for Brian Harson. Um, I, I to me they clearly it's not just the the whole Harson situation. I think their roster is the weakest of the seven teams in the SEC in the SEC West. Um, I, 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 they've had really poor recruiting classes over the last few years. Their quarterback situation doesn't make me comfortable at all. Um, so it's really, it, you can factor in all that stuff before you even get to the whole Parson situation, how he's quote unquote lost his locker room or not lost his locker room. If he has lost his locker room, then this could be a very, very rough season for him this year. And I mean, when you're playing it to the West, your schedule is never going to be easy especially with Arkansas being this good. So I, I, I just don't, I, I don't, I just don't see being this optimistic on Auburn. I, I, I don't really know exactly what they are going to put their, their hat on in terms of a, like a real key strength and a real key position. And I, I just don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in this team. I don't have a lot of confidence in this organization. I just don't have a lot of confidence in Brian Harson. And, and the funny thing is Mississippi state, and Auburn have about the same over under. Yeah, I mean, part of that's again part of that schedule driven, but I, I think Mississippi State is a much better roster than Auburn, personally. But I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> you know, again, one of the coaches, um, I forget who. You know, they they a couple of the coaches really hammered on the on the concept of preseason polls because they were picked lower, which I get. I, I mean, I, I tend to agree with them. But one of their points was every year there's somebody that is put in the top ten in the preseason that finishes six and six. That's true. In other words, they're not even close to the top ten. Not even close yeah. to the top 25, really. And yet a bunch of people thought they were a top ten team when the year started. So, again, I think the whole idea, and and I think – the the transfer portal has changed it some. Like, how do you go about who to believe and what teams to trust and what teams not to trust? I mean, it's easy to you know pick Al you know predict what Alabama's going to do or 
you know, Oklahoma's going to do in the Big 12 all these years. That's easy. I'm talking about it's the middle teams. What goes into determining to believe it or not, I, I, it's kind of interesting. Again, I'm not a gambler, and yet I've always been fascinated by the lines, and and and, and I really I really am the living embodiment of for entertainment purposes only. I'm the for entertainment purposes only guy. Because yeah, some people laugh yeah, exactly. at that, but to me, it, it it is interesting. No, exactly. I, I it is sort of interesting to see where what the perception is of these teams are at the beginning of the year and where they end up at the end. I'm kind of like you. I'm not really a better, but I, I do kind of look like looking at that line, that win, that win line, and no matter what the sport is, just to sort of get an idea of not just what the public thinks of them, but um, where they might actually be in in, in reality. Um so I, I, yeah, it's. I mean, like you said, it's some interesting stuff, and and also like we do all this pre, all these preseason rankings. But I can't tell you how many years where I feel very confident of where one team stands, right, and that they're going to bounce back or they're not going to bounce back, and it just turns into a total disaster. Like you said, the top ten team that finishes six and six for whatever reason. I mean, a lot of it's injury based, and that's the thing. And that's the thing that kind of shakes up the stuff more than anything else, I think. But, um, I mean, some of it's just overestimating parts and overestimating pieces. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens this year in the SEC. All righty, sir. Appreciate your time as always. We got to take a time out. But thank you very much. We'll talk again next week. Thank you. Thanks so much, Kevin. All right, that's Cokie Riley of the USA Today Network. We'll take a timeout, come back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 28th, 1989, Atlanta Braves star Dale Murphy hits a pair of three-run homers in one inning becoming the 14th man to hit two homers in the same inning. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You know, that's one of the perfect song for a bumper music for sports talk radio. You may be right. I may be crazy, but it just may be a lunatic that you're looking for. That's, that's perfect. I, I, I could be perfect. <sighs> Welcome back to footnotes. I, 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 I don't know why I'm struggling so much today, but I am just, my mind is just so frustrated with the Astros and Yuli and Bregman, Garcia, I mean, again, getting hit, getting hit is one thing. But when you when when you got a two outs and bases empty, or two outs and a runner on first, and you walk two straight batters on like eight or nine pitches and then give up a grand slam, that kind of stuff should never happen. Like if you get hit, that's you get hit. I mean, that happens. But this idea of you're just going to walk, just all of a sudden throw like eight straight balls. It's just, it's killing me. Killing me. Welcome back to Footnotes. Want to remind you, if you would like to 
win an Astro Getaway 4 Saturday, August 27th. Astros will be playing the Baltimore Orioles, and if you would like to win tickets to that, you simply need to join the game clubhouse. You could win four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations. For that Saturday Astro weekend getaways powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game hotline is 706-0111, If you have, we have open phone lines the rest of the show in this segment and all of next hour. So, again, if you have thoughts about NFL training camp opening, if you have thoughts on Sunbelt or SEC football, Major League Baseball, any of that is on uh, the topic list for sure. The trade deadline, I looked it up like last week, and, and when I looked it up, it said August 1st, but it's actually August the 2nd, Tuesday. I don't know. Something's got to happen over the weekend. You know, last year, out of the blue, the Astros make this trade with the Mariners. And again, you never know how these trades are going to be. And I say it all the time that quite often, it's not the blockbuster trades that make the biggest difference in the end. It's, um, you know, it's picking up this relief pitcher or this, um, you know, utility player who just goes on a roll for the a team at the right time and helps you you know, get to the World Series or or win the World Series. I hope the Astros pick up the right one. You know, Josh Bell is is interesting, but Josh Bell, you know, it, has he ever really played with pressure before? Can he play with pressure? I, we don't know that. We don't know if Josh Bell can play with pressure. Gregory Soto, do I like his... His skill set, yes. Do I like that he's left-handed? Yes. Has he ever played in pressure? No. Played his whole career with Detroit. Like, we don't know what that guy's going to do in the, in the postseason with, with, with the season on the line. There, You know, there's a lot of crapshoot to this stuff. I mean, Joey Gallo's a talented guy. He had shortcomings. But he had, a, he had a lot of skills in a lot of different areas. He went to New York, and it turns out he's Ed Whitson. I mean, you know, there's certain guys that can perform in the, in the heavy pressure and certain guys that just cannot. I mean, you know, and, you know, Houston is not New York and Boston media pressure-wise, but you're still going to be in mega pressure situations come the postseason. So it's just, it's it, it, it's a tough call for sure. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. One of the things that's getting to be interesting about this trade deadline is it the Astros don't have a lot of top-notch minor league talent as carrots to um, put in front of teams, They're, they they might trade some minor league guys, but they you know they might be trading major league players, 
which, you know, again, depending on who they are, I'm okay with. But um, a lot of times, you know, sometimes you trade major league players. Like in the trade, they traded Miles Straw to get Phil Maton. Phil Maton's starting to worry me. I got to tell you, he did great last year. Uh, right now, he's been a little iffy. And he, and he never gives me a comfortable feeling because he always has that goofy look on his face. Like he doesn't know what planet he's on. Um, I uh, So, you know, they, they've traded Major League re- Ready players before. Toro, to me, is a 4A player. I, I didn't mind getting rid of Toro at all last year. And then, you know, they got Grayman, who got lit again yesterday. And uh, and Montero turns out that neither one of the the pieces have done a whole lot. <coughs> Although Toro loves to hit against the Astros, he's done great against the Astros since they traded him. Couldn't get a base hit while he was in Houston, and uh, and Montero's turned out to be great. So again, you never really know how that stuff's going to turn out. But man, Ben and Tenny going to the Yankees, I don't see how that's not going to help him. He's the opposite of Joey Gallo. Not as good defensively. And he doesn't have the power Gallo has, if he potential anyway. But he can hit. I mean, he's a what they call the pretty left-handed swing major league hitter. Benintendi. This year. Now, the last couple of years, he really wasn't that good. This year, man, he has found his stroke. He is something. I know you know the Astros can't get him out because he's played for the Kansas City Royals all year. Can't get those cats out. All right, that'll do it for this segment. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour. Again, open phone lines in hour number two on this mind-numbing, head-spinning edition of Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you about the Game Rewards Club. If you join, if you go to 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, join the Game Clubhouse. You could win all kind of great prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser's Steakhouse or a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. Can only score these great prizes if you become a member of the Game Clubhouse, however. So go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. All right. Got only a couple minutes left in the first hour. Again, open phone lines the entire second hour as we try to get from July to August. Folks, next week is August. Where did the summer go? It is here. Training camp has begun. We've got, um, you know, there was some rumors yesterday flying around NFL social media circus circuits that that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to the Giants. Now, it wasn't official, at least yet it wasn't. 
Uh, could still happen. It makes some sense. But here's where I disagree with a lot of people. Almost everyone that I've heard comment it have said that Jimmy G is definitely better than what the Giants have at quarterback in Jones. I mean, has he had a more accomplished career? Of course he has. Has Jimmy G had three head coaches and three coordinators in three years and a clown show for an offensive line and an iffy defense and no wide receivers to throw to and an injured running back? Has Jimmy G had that any of it? He's had some injured running backs. He's played for one of the most highly respected coaches with a lot of stability, a great defense, and a great running game. Daniel Jones probably says, where can I sign up for that? I said, I just, that's why I just don't, you got to put everything through a filter. Everybody's so result-oriented. Drives me bonkers when they make these comparisons. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 or 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. on this, what I'm calling a head-spinning, mind-numbing Thursday edition of footnotes as we come off on the backside of SEC and then Sunbelt Conference football media days and got the trade deadline on Tuesday in Major League Baseball and NFL training camps are starting. The summer, folks, is over. Over. And so it's um, it's about to get interesting. Let's put it that way. The game hotline is 706 one Seven oh six oh one one one. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, good morning, Kev. Good morning, sir. I'm pretty sure you had um, that little. I caught the little Freudian slip you had a while ago when you called the uh, the media a circus instead of a circus. I think you were right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, you ought to just refer to now. You know, from now on, as the media circus, but. uh no, um, the reason I was calling, and obviously uh, it was good to see um, 13 back out there yesterday, but, of course, you know, with every bit of good news, there has to be a little bit of uh, bad news. Uh, so I don't know what a non-football-related injury is. Uh, Dennis Allen apparently has gone to the Sean Payton School of, uh, of, of Press Conferences and uh, not, you know, want, doesn't want to announce anything. But, obviously, I, one position on this, 
on this team that I, I'm a little concerned about is depth at linebacker. And it, it, since they it obviously not going to resign Quan, it doesn't look like it. Um, you know, I was counting on Pete Werner this, this year. So, I, you know, in the event that this does become a little more prolonged, and I'm hoping it's not, maybe he's back out there today. Um, I want to get your opinion because I didn't really watch that many App State games, and I figured you probably had a better grasp on this than I did. But DeMarco Jackson, um, I heard on WWL last night they were saying how good he looked yesterday in coverage downfield. Is he strong side or weak side linebacker? Well, he was more outside guy, but, I mean, um, you know, he was known as a run stopper, but you, I heard the same thing you did um, about his coverage of the play, the incredible play they, they claim he made yesterday in, in coverage. I, I just – I can't believe they're going to be counting on him this year. I, I – I mean, do do you really did anything you heard about Warner make you think this is long term? I, it, that him that being a concern hasn't gotten a really on my radar. What what? Why do you think no, he I could mean, be long term? They said he was doing some conditioning drills on the sideline, so it can't be. But again, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, we hadn't heard anything up <laughs> going into into camp. He was, I think, he was in OTAs and and, and right. uh, you know, mini camp. Uh, I really, I really don't know. I mean, it could just be a you know a, a and growing toenail for all I know, you know, I mean, it, but I, I'm just, uh, that, that is the one position for all the good drafts we've had over the years at certain positions, especially cornerback linebacker has been an enigma to me as far if we didn't have free agency and hadn't been able to get Jonathan Vilma and, and uh, uh, Demario Davis and uh, uh, Craig uh, Roberts, some of those guys, man, we'd be a bond because we have not drafted well linebacker at all well you know if pete werner is what we think he might be after what he did last year and again i was not that high on that pick when they made it um he would be the first good linebacker drafted maybe since what pat swilling <laughs> i think so i hate to say it man but i mean seriously you know it's not, some guys flash for a couple of years you know but not but nothing no, he you might know, be the first good linebacker the Saints have drafted since Pat Swilling. Now, they drafted Winford Tubbs, and he had a couple good years. But, um, you know, it, it's not it's not a long list to your point. I, I, I'm with you there. But, again, yeah. linebacker is not as important now as it, as it was back then. No, no, I, I, I totally agree. Other than, you know, so a linebacker, they can cover out the, out the backfield. I think that's that's – that's pretty important um, in today's game, you know. So, uh, but but I get it. We go probably play a lot of um, five two anyway, uh, right? In, in, you know. So, um, and as long as the you know fifty six stays healthy, I'm good with that. But um, but it, you know, I mean, I, again, I, Zach Bond, I just don't think is the light bulb is going to suddenly come on for him. Caden Ellis, you see a little flash every now and then, but nothing. Nothing special. I, I think they're you know, okay I, backups since they're really good special teams players and okay backups. I don't know that they're great backups. Uh, so, no, to your point. Hope, look, I hope Jackson can do more this year than we think. I mean, you know, anytime you draft a player, it'd be great what you can if you can get out. Kane Ellis, I mean, Ellis was like a, what, a seventh-round pick, so a sixth or seventh-round right. pick. So, um, yeah, it'd be great if those guys can be backups, but – 
they're not going to be the you know the impact. No, I, look, I, I, I'm I'm so gun shy with all the bad news we've gotten off the field the last two years. I just, I just, I don't. My, mentally, I'm going to be a mess if we if we have another flurry of bad news this this August. Oh no, like, but it just can't me, happen. I had, I, you know what? I'd already forgotten the fact because he hasn't really participated yet because he's, he's still coming off the injury, but but I forgot about the, the pending suspension for um, Marcus May. Marcus so, May, you know, right. I, I, think, I think it's four games for the first defense D, D, uh, UI from what I, I think that's the league man, mandate, either three or four, so it, you know, it, it may or may not be you know, a big deal, but um, I don't know, man. You know, but it, I was just, you know, I, like I said, you know, I, I <laughs> I was so excited. I was not expecting to see. Yeah, and then, look, he didn't. You know, he wasn't going in against anybody. But just to see him run a, a ten yard out was was very exciting to me. Uh, to see Mike Thomas out. Well, there. you you um, weren't alone. You you know you weren't alone there when a lot when he they put him on the pup list. It's kind of like you were saying with this Pete Warner stuff. Like, okay, what does this mean? And so to see right. him get off the pup list the first day is, you know, it's certainly encouraging for a lot of people and. He's, you know, he still got to, he still got to make it through camp. He still got to get on the same page with, um, with Jameis. Because if you remember when Jameis first got here, it didn't seem like they were on the same page. And right. so, you know, they, they, they've got to make that happen. So, long way to go, yeah, but they, yeah. And that's the case with, with really, you know, when you think about it. I mean, Callaway is the only guy who has any kind of a rapport with. Uh, Jameis, and I sure hope we're not, you know, I mean, uh, he still has to develop that with Landry, Olave, uh, and Thomas, you know, so it's going to be a um, a really important training camp as far as, uh, and I mean, I don't want to see you overworking with too many reps, you know, but by the same token, like you said, he's got to get that uh, that timing down for sure, but uh, okay, well, I just wanted to, uh, to see if you had if you heard anything yeah. different than, than I did. Let, let, um, let, 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 let's hope for the best. I'll try to find out if if there any, if anybody thinks that there's anything to really worry about, I hope not. Okay, man, I appreciate it, Kev. Have a good day. All right, all right. The Saints. Again, I, I'm trying. I get out of two days of Sunbelt Conference Media Day in New Orleans, and the Astros are just got swept by a last place team. Bregman's not hitting. Yuli's not hitting, walking people, getting out pitched by the A's. <clears throat> Don't know what's about to happen there. And I turn it on one of the three or four channels that I watch in the morning before coming in. And there it is. It happens again. It just keeps happening. One of... National guys just literally, <clears throat> literally laughing. Just laughing at the assertion that the Saints could make the playoffs. Laughing. Like, they just, they think it's funny. Like, it's like the most, it, it, it's, for them, it's kind of like, for this crowd that I, you know, and it's not every single one, but it's most of them. It's like if I it, it was kind of like when the Vanderbilt they're treating the the concept of the Saints making the playoffs kind of like 
this when the Vanderbilt coach said there were going to be this elite thing, you know, it's like everyone was. Just, it's just like, what are you talking about, Cat? You have no chance of that. That's how they treat this. I'm like, so. And by the way, Chris, we can add Chris Broussard, who's an NBA guy, which is what he is, but he's still a national guy. Chris Broussard, we can add him to the one or two national guys who think the Saints could win double figures and and get in the playoffs. And so Nick Wright is just laughing at him. Like this is like the most preposterous thing. He's like just laughing at him. I just... They just think, again, it's one, I got no problem with saying, I just don't know. I just, I see, I could see someone say, I see what you're talking about. They've upgraded a wide receiver. Uh, They got Thomas coming back. They did have a really good defense last year. But I just, I just, I I can't do it. But they're they're not even going, they're not even, they're laughing at it like, like, Kind of like the Saints or Jacksonville. It's like they look at the Saints like they're just this bottom of the level team that has no chance at the play. Like, what are you talking about? I, I just don't get it. Like, yeah, I just, just they, 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 the Saints haven't been near the bottom of the NFL since Ditka. Again, I don't count the Katrina season. We all should know that by now, but not counting the Katrina season, which I don't count. They have not been among the bottom teams in the NFL since the 90s. Was Hannah even around in the 90s? Were you even born? Hello, there you go. I was born in 1998. Okay. Hannah was still in diapers the last time the Saints were a bottom of the, you know, bottom near the bottom of the NFL. I, I just, again, I, I I don't expect any of them to pick the Saints to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, they're so in love with Tom Brady. It, it, it's so funny listening to these idiots because, like, I heard one of them the other day say, you know what? Tampa has a pretty good defense. Oh, Three years into this, they just figured this out. You know, the unit that carried them to the Super Bowl. They, they just, you know, nobody talks about this, one of these guys said, but Tampa's got a pretty good defense. Oh, oh, you think they do, huh? You think their linebackers are pretty good. You think their defensive line's pretty good. You know, that unit that carried them to the Super Bowl when Bozo was throwing three interceptions and getting dominated by the Saints defense in that playoff Super Bowl run. The one that didn't let the – well, they cheated, but they, they didn't let the Chiefs – what did the Chiefs score, nine points? You know, that unit, they're pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good on defense, Tampa. Unbelievable. I just – I just – I, I – I, I, I'm just telling y'all, cannot handle this bad stuff that's happened off the field for the last two. It just can't. It just can't happen. I just this season is going to be. It's either going to be unbelievably great, or just like might turn me into Jack Nicholson and The Shining. Like, like seriously. It, it, 
we, we might have to start playing clips from one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Seriously, it, 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 it it's gonna be, it, it it's gonna be, uh, something's gonna happen. I, I don't I, I don't think we're talking toast family here. I I don't think we're talking about. I think something really good or really bad. We're gonna have a lot of really good and a lot of really bad moments. I don't know. This is just. They just laugh. They say the Cajuns are, I mean, they say the Saints are Vanderbilt. They just laugh at them. Why? The, the guy called him Bruce Allen. Said the Saints' new coach was Bruce Allen. He just laughed at the fact that Bruce Allen could be the coach of a playoff team. Bruce Allen. I bought an Astros better not get crushed. I, right now, I'm not even in August, and I'm already mentally on the edge. Just laugh. The, 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 the New Orleans Commodores, they're acting like. The Saints are. It's unbelievable. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers. And the Houston Astros want to remind you about Astro Getaway 4. Astros will be playing the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th. You could win four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday evening. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Who knows who will even be on the Astros team by August 27th, which is, what, a month from today? It is. um, Some people think Josh Bell is going to be on the team. A lot of people think Wilson Contreras could be on the team, although I I, I just still still find that very hard to believe. I, I, I just don't think a team that is done with the Astros have done and 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 their leader of their team is their catcher and they're going to they're going to sign a or trade for a catcher that is going to usurp the leader of the team i i just don't see them ditching on the leader of the team when the culture has been such a huge part of what makes the astros what they are i i i just i get why people are saying it because the Astros have gotten less offensive numbers from their catcher position of any team in baseball. 
But I, I think too many people are overrating the value of a leader on a team, and especially when that leader is the catcher and the relationship he has with all of the pitchers. Now, does it automatically mean that if Wilson Contreras comes that he can't have a good relationship with the Astros pitchers? No, it doesn't. I guess it's possible. But can you really do that that quickly when you've never, I don't know that he's ever played with any of these guys? Wilson Contreras. I don't think he's ever played with any of these guys. So, I don't know. I guess at some level, a lot of the Astro pitchers are Hispanic, and he is too. But, I mean, they've never even played together. I, I don't know. I don't see that happening. But I could see uh, a Josh Bell or something similar to that. Josh Bell makes sense because he's played the outfield and first base. The Astros love versatility. They got they got outfield needs, and right now they got first base needs. They really have third base needs too, but – he signed, you know, he, Bregman's making so much money, they're not going to be able to do anything with him for a couple of years. And I just hope, um, I just hope that somewhere along the line, he can have at least one more good year. It's been a long time. Been three years since Bregman's been good. Been above average. And, and, and he's heading for another blah season this year. Still time, but man, it's 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 not good. The game hotline, 706-0111-706-0111. If you would like to get in on the game hotline, if you want to talk Major League Baseball, certainly, but NFL training camps have begun. I thought the I thought yesterday, can you imagine if everything was as bad? And I haven't heard anyone dispute it, all the bad reports of what it was like in Jacksonville last season with our boy as the coach. Apparently, it was just a complete nightmare. Can you imagine what it feels like for Trevor Lawrence and, and, and you know, Etienne and Robinson, who, by the way, Robinson, supposedly they're thinking he could be back. He got injured pretty late last season. Achilles, I think it was. They're saying he could be back by late August. That's pretty quick. But um, just that, you know, I don't know how good Jacksonville is going to be. I don't, I don't think they're going to be good. But again, if everything was as bad as they as the national media portrayed it there last year, I mean. Who knows what they're going to do this year? I mean, in this era of QWs, I don't know how good Trevor Lawrence is going to be, but theoretically he's good. He's supposed to be good. He was supposed to be right up there with Luck and Elway and Manning. That's who they were comparing this cat to when he came out of Clemson. So, just thinking about what they're going to do in camp. I don't know if we're going to start it today or tomorrow. But I keep talking about it. I, I even asked one of our fellow media members this question when we were in New Orleans. 
How you pre- we were talking about predictions with Koking. How you predicting the AFC West? <clears throat> At some point real soon, we're going to have to start that. And again, I, I keep I keep hearing things that make me want to go this way or that way. There's a large contingent out there. Or a growing contingent, I should say. I don't know how large it is yet. But that a growing contingent of analysts out there that are trying to convince themselves that the Chiefs are going to be better offensively without Tyreek because they're going to have more weapons. None of them with his skill set, but they're going to have more weapons. So they're going to be overall better, even though they're not going to have any receivers with skill sets that can do things like he'll did. Make something big out of nothing. Um, so we'll see how <clears throat> that plays out. But at the beginning, uh, at the end of the last hour, I, I was bringing up the point of Daniel Jones. Look, I I don't know if Jimmy G how ready he's going to be to 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 even play at the beginning of the season. He had off season surgery. Uh, he's going to be going to a new team theoretically. Um. I don't know how ready he's going to be able to play. I don't see how they can get anything for him, but maybe like a six-round draft pick. Like, how are they going to get anything for that guy? Everybody knows they don't want him. So I I don't – it's not like anybody's going to give up a whole lot to get him. I guess the Giants make sense because – I have no idea how good Jan. Everyone, most of the countries already make up their mind that Daniel Jones is terrible. Well, why is he terrible? Well, he hasn't had a a running back. That guy's hurt all the time. He hasn't had an offensive line. Yeah, I get that. Well, he hasn't had an offensive coordinator, a bunch of different offensive coordinators, and the ones he has, everybody thinks is terrible. How's his wide receivers? Well, they're always hurt, and they're not good. How about his tight end? Well, he drops. He leads the NFL and drops some years. How about the defense? Well, at times, they're pretty good. You know, they've had some issues in the secondary, but most a lot they're, they're, at times, they're pretty good. They lost their leading tackler. Well, uh, their head co- well, the head coaches have kind of been guys that they um, no one respects. Special teams guys, kind of off the wall. Oh, and yeah, I, I see why he he he. You you think he's not good? I I can see why. Just unbelievable to me. Baker Mayfield, who laughed at Daniel Jones has had an elite running game, really good defense, and some pretty good receivers to throw to. And But he's way better than Daniel Jones, who's had nothing. It's, just, it's the way people look at things, it just, it just kills me. Just doesn't make any sense to me. None. And yet... Everybody looks at me like I'm the crazy one. Just, I mean, right now I have no, we have no idea how good Daniel Jones is. None. We really. What has he been in the league? Two years, three years. We have no idea how good that guy is. None. He has had zero chance to develop as a quarterback. Zero. <laughs> 
We have no idea how good that guy is. I have no idea. Could be. It's possible he could be terrible. It's also possible he could be a top 15 quarterback, and he's had zero chance to prove it. Zero. Uh, He's had nothing. So, I mean, in my mind, I have no idea how good that guy is. Way too easy for people to say somebody's good because they've had a great situation and they've performed okay. You know, like, I don't – I wasn't that high on Justin Fields, but we have – we're not going to know how good Justin Fields is. The Chicago Bears are terrible. Terrible. Now, I I did hear over the the last couple days – and I, I haven't seen this, but I heard someone talking about this, that the Bears are talking about putting a roof on their stadium. Now, that might intrigue me. I mean, they might have to make like a dome out. I, I don't know exactly what all that's about. But that might intrigue me because I, I, I've talked about this before. It, to me, it just can't be a coincidence. I it it's hard for me to believe that it's a coincidence that the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears, both windy places, right on lakes. It's impossible to me that for the past fifty or sixty years, two NFL franchises could have no good, no elite quarterback play, no upper echelon passing games. I just struggle to believe that that's just coincidence. To all coincidence slash ineptness. Mostly maybe, but I, I I just don't think it's that easy to have a consistent passing game in those two places. I've just I've just always had that that thought in the back of my mind. Like can all these quarterbacks all be terrible? I guess it's possible that for the past 60 years. Two NFL franchises could have all inept coaches and inept quarterbacks for 60 years apiece. I guess that's possible. Just sounds hard to believe. There's got to be something to it. So, you know, um, a dome might work. I don't know. Sounds like the craziest thing ever if you're a Chicago Bears fan, because it's all about grit and defense. But um, might actually work, although nothing's going to work on it. On paper, I mean, I, I think it's possible you could argue that Jacksonville's got a better roster than the Chicago Bears right now. Jacksonville. On paper, the Bears might have the worst roster in football. That'd be a nice division to be in. Although, I still think the Minnesota Vikings, as we start camp, the Minnesota Vikings are, they might be, they're they're on my list of interesting teams that I haven't figured out yet. There's a, I have to figure out, how big that list is going to be. We'll start that process probably next week. But they're on that list of probably what's going to end up being four, five, or six teams that I just haven't figured out yet. 
I think it's possible they could be bad. But it, it could be possible that they're going to be better than people think, too. The Minnesota Vikings. Uh, injuries have been a big part for them. They have not been as good to, at, as they have been at times defensively of late. But it sure seems like the head coach who just left, Zimmer, and the quarterback hated each other. And so if they like each other now, which theoretically they do, how much of a difference could that make? We'll see. That's just something in the back of my mind, thinking about the Vikings. You know, how how important is that for the head coach and the quarterback to like one another? Or how destructive is it when they don't like one another? Maybe we're about to get an example of that and see how the Vikings do this year. They're, they're kind of one of the could-go-either-way teams for me. I could see them being bad like they've been, but I could see them being better than people think. Interesting club to kind of monitor as camp goes on, really, once we get into the season. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back and try to dethaw, undiscombobulate, which is not a word, my little mind right now on this just, I don't know. My mind right now is a wasteland of frustration trying to get through it. We'll come back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 104. One Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Want to remind you, the game would like for you to win an Apple Watch, and you can do so by joining the brand-new text club. Simply text GAME to 283-8100. Text GAME to 283 283- 8100 if you do so and join the brand new text club you're eligible to win that apple watch as well as many other prizes including astro tickets it's the game text club find out more at 1037thegame.com 1041thegame.com today all right again the game hotline is 706-0111 um we talked earlier about the big news yesterday on the first day of camp is that Plastic Man, Michael Thomas, 13, whatever you call him, is um, he participated. I, I just I don't understand how he could be that limited physically still, but we'll see. We'll monitor that as the season goes on. Once we get a little closer to where you start thinking about playing 
preseason games. I'm wondering how long, how many preseason snaps could he get? Like, he obviously knows how to play the game, but he's also playing what a new quarterback, like we talked about, mentioned earlier. So it is, um, I, I would think I'm a big don't play him in preseason guy. But I could understand, I could understand why the Saints might want to play him some in preseason, even though, man, that's scary. All right. Got a text here. Says a caller asked, why isn't Jimmy G coming to New Orleans? Well, I mean, the Saints have a starting quarterback and they have a veteran backup. Now, look, I've I've been honest about it. I'm not an Andy Dalton guy. I wanted a veteran backup. I don't I I don't play this rookie backup quarterback stuff. I don't like that plan at all. So he he's a veteran backup. I he is. Uh, I uh, do I like am I a big Andy Dalton guy? I'd have been better with Andy Dalton like four or five years ago. Like when Andy Dalton played for the Cowboys a couple years ago, he was horrific. He was terrible. So I'm not a big Andy Dalton guy, but he is a veteran. Um, I I think Jameis Winston's ceiling is higher than Jimmy Garoppolo's ceiling. Personally, I know a lot of national people and probably a lot of you don't agree with that, but I mean, again, if, if the Saints would have, I don't dislike Jimmy Garoppolo. I I think, I don't think it was very difficult to play quarterback for the cheaters over the last couple of years. I mean, they got an elite running game. They got an elite defense. And they got an elite offensive line. How hard is it to play quarterback with that? I mean, really? How hard? Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's okay. I mean, I think he's okay. Um, if you'd have told, but the problem was he wasn't even. He's not even healthy. We don't even know if he's really ready to play right at the beginning of the year. So if Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy. And the Saints signed him to be the backup quarterback. I would have no, that would be, I think that would create a lot of controversy, which I don't think the Saints need. So I'm kind of glad that, I mean, when they sign Andy Dalton, everybody knows what Andy Dalton is. He's a veteran there. He's a veteran backup in case the starter gets hurt. If you sign a Jimmy Garoppolo, all you're doing is creating controversy and, 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 a quarterback controversy, and every time Jameis does anything wrong, everyone's, you know, all these people are going to be asked to, to, to bench him. That's not a, a functional situation. Um, It's perhaps whoever asked this question might be saying, might be thinking Jimmy G should be the Saints starter down the road. I, um, It's not an outlandish statement. It's not. But personally... I think the leader of this team right now, <clears throat> there's a lot. I think there's quite a few leaders on this team. But I think one of them is Jameis Winston. And I think the team knows that. 
And I, I'm I, I I unless he's unless he gets hurt again, which is very possible. Um, I don't see why six, seven, eight years from now, Jameis Winston's still letting the starting quarterback of the Saints. I, I think he's going to be the answer for a while now. We'll see. Can make all the throws. Still young enough. He's got to get better at you know shorter passes. Um, but I think he's got the leadership. I, I just think he's going to be the the future of the Saints. But why? I I think the Saints didn't go get him because they already one they already have a quarterback and two why are you picking up an injured quarterback who's just going to create instant quarterback controversy. When the Saints are in let's win now mode, even though all the rest of the country is thinking that the Saints are this terrible team and they're in major rebuild mode like we read last week where one of these publications was like, the Saints just need to shut everything down and start over. Shut everything down. Got got arguably the best defense they've ever had. Got depth at wide receiver for the first time maybe in franchise history, got the best set of cornerbacks it ever had. It's not even arguable. And they want us to shut it all down and start over. (laughs) You know what's the other thing that people don't get? The other thing that people don't get, if, you you know who's the guy with the Saints right now who... We don't talk about we we mention we bring up his name every once in a while, but we he is like one of the most important factors going into this season. Will Lutz. Will Lutz, the last time he played, that at the end of two seasons, he 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 wasn't playing that well. Now, for the year and a half or so before that, he was unbelievable. He was great. If Will Lutz comes back and kicks great, I don't think people, I think way too many people aren't factoring in how good the Saints are going to be in special teams. That punter last year was awesome. That young punter, that guy was unbelievable last season. He made punts that I, I mean, Look, I like the punter the Saints had for a long time. He he was great, but I don't even think this guy was as good. I don't think he was as good as what that guy did. Like. He made some incredible punts. So if Will Lutz be, returns to being an elite kicker, the Saints will have an elite kicker, an elite punter, and an elite special teams. I know most of you, all you little QWs out there, don't think that means anything. But let me explain to y'all, the Patriots won a lot of games. And a lot of Super Bowls because they had elite special teams. Elite. The Saints have a chance to have the best combination, I think, or one of the top two or three combinations in the whole league of defense and special teams that there is. But it's but 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 the key to that is Will Lutz. Like Will Lutz has got to beat a Will Lutz before he got hurt. Got to be. If not, then that could be a problem. But if he is, 
way too many people are overlooking that. Again, I don't hate the idea of Jimmy G. I just think right now it doesn't fit the Saints. Doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. Take a timeout. Come back. Finish out today's show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Fudos. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you again to join the game clubhouse where you can win great prizes like $100, $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, or a $50 gift certificate to Have Shell Oyster House. It's free and it's easy, so sign up today for the Game Clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right. Hopefully my mind is a little more settled tomorrow. Nothing gets my mind headed in the right direction or a little settled a little bit like an Astro victory or a Saints victory. And uh, I got a, you know, Urquidy got lit three times earlier this year by Seattle. And his last outing in Seattle was very good, much better. So hopefully he can duplicate that. But again, Mm -hmm. he's going to be facing a better lineup uh, with Julio Rodriguez in it. They still can't get Ty France out. They still can't get J.P. Crawford out. So it's... um, it's a challenge for sure. I'm expecting a little circle foot dance at the end of the game because my Mariners won. That's Man. what I'm expecting. Wouldn't surprise me. The Astros are now not they're 9 and 6 against the Mariners this year and they've got four, these four games left. Uh you know, the way the Astros are looking right now, I, I um I'll take 2 out of 4. I'm expecting it to go 2-2. Two, two. If it do better than that, you know, it'll obviously be tremendous. But yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be two-two. I just hope that if you keep your mind at ease, if I win the game, but your team did play a good game, I want them to play badly. I want them to play well. I want my team to play well, but I want my team to win the game. <sighs> then your mind could be at ease because technically they still played well. They just weren't playing well against <laughs> the A's. I don't know. They're gonna they're gonna have to score some runs. I mean, they're just not hitting the ball at all. The problem is they hit better on the road than they do at home normally, and so I mean they don't ever score any runs at home. So hopefully they can figure out a way to score some runs at home. And um, you know, well we don't have time to get into this, but if you believe some of these trade rumors, Perro's got to start. He's already played some left field, but he's got to play a lot more left field. Maybe that's a good thing. Historically, he hits better when he plays left field. So we'll see. All right, hopefully tomorrow's better. Thank you all for the phone calls and Koki coming on to get us through today. We all have a nice day.